I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting. Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the win, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Network. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 44, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast currently on an extended hiatus from the ring and joining me as always is a veteran of the new england independent mat wars the irresistible force the immovable object they call him mr spoilers the kingpin brian <laughs> malonis no no spoilers mike absolutely no spoilers. what are you talking about no spoilers you competed at Ring of Honor last week, the top prospect tournament. We talked about it a little bit on the BDA bonus episode. Now we had a couple days for you to, uh, you know, get this out of your system. Hit me up with the spoilers. No spoilers, Mike. Get to watch it. You got to hashtag watch ROH on uh, uh, whatever local channel you get uh, Ring of Honor on, or if you don't get it in your area, the Fight TV app, my friend. Oh my God, you're falling right <laughs> in line, are you? Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> All right, today on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on the NAI Network, we've got your promo about nothing, and the long-awaited day has arrived. Mike Mills of the Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast will be here in moments to debate our own Brian Malonis in the uncivil war, North versus South. But first, let's get into those ROH spoilers, Brian. No, nope, no spoilers, Mike. No spoilers here, buddy. Nothing. Nothing. All right, when is the Top Prospect Tournament starting to air on Ring of Honor television? I, I believe it will be next week. Next week will be the first uh, week of television from Pittsburgh, I think. This coming weekend or the next weekend? Uh, the next one, because on this weekend is the finals of the Decade of Excellence Tournament. Okay, so you can find Ring of Honor on all of their Sinclair affiliate channels. You can find it on the Fight TV app. Uh, you can sign up for a free account at ROHWrestling.com and watch it there. Uh, they're here locally if you're in the New England area on Nesson, I believe, on Sunday nights. So sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little unreliable. I think the best way is probably just sign up on the ROH website, ROHWrestling.com. You can get it uh, for free every Thursday. Yes, look forward to seeing the Kingpin in all his glory on the big screen upcoming in just a couple weeks on Ring of Honor television. I'm sure we will. Uh, it will be well documented when it is going to air on uh, these airwaves and, and uh, our social media and whatnot. So, And you should be watching Ring of Honor every week because it's a great product and, and, a, and a great wrestling promotion, and you should be supporting it, especially all of you that hate WWE. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be talking to one in just moments. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he's a great supporter of Ring of Honor. Yes, he definitely is. Uh, okay, before we move on here, uh, I want to acknowledge just um, – it's been a rough week in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, three, and now uh, we're recording on Saturday morning, and we've got word of a fourth uh, death in the world of wrestling. Chavo Guerrero Sr. passed away 
earlier in the week. Uh, then Nicole Bass, who had a brief run in uh, ECW and the WWF, uh, she passed away at age 52. George the Animal Steel, we heard, uh, passed just at the end of the week. And as I mentioned this morning, we heard uh, that Ivan Koloff, former WWF champion, also passed away. It's It's been a rough 2017 so far, Brian. Uh, yeah, yeah. All, all very sad. I mean... I mean, the one I was probably the the biggest fan of uh, was was George Steele, uh, George the Animal Steele. Um, did you have a mind doll? <laughs> I did not, but um, my father uh, drew a, a striking resemblance to George the Animal Steele in that he was he was a heavier man, uh, very hairy and bald, <laughs> and uh, he used to dye his tongue green, uh, you know, for my for my <laughs> delight and. You know, uh, and the Playboy does a hell of a uh, George Steele impersonation too. So, um, as does Bobby Cruz. Yeah, I mean, I'd be less than honest if I said I was uh, huge fans of the others, but I was always very sad when somebody passes away. So, uh, you know, condolences uh, to to family and friends and uh, those who were uh, big fans and and uh, mourning the the loss of these of these individuals. Yeah, like I said, it's been a tough year so far for for um, losses in the wrestling world. Well, we got to move on here. It's a little awkward transition, but um, let's talk about the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. They're out of North Andover, Massachusetts. I think anyone in the New England area who has ever wanted to be a professional wrestler or just know what it's like to step in a professional wrestling ring, you should probably come, you should definitely come to the New England Pro Wrestling Academy this Saturday, February 25th, 2017. It starts at 10 a.m. It's a one-day fantasy camp. And Brian, you know all about this. Yeah, I sure do, buddy. I used to help run the school and... These were always a uh, these are always a really great time, uh, and some great talent has come out of these um, of these camps. Again, we kind of covered it last week, but uh, Oni Lorkin, uh, Biff Busick, who's in NXT, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, who is in NXT, uh, Sasha Banks, who uh, is a multi-time uh, WWE Raw Women's Champion and, and one of the biggest women stars in the world. Uh, in professional wrestling, you know, among many more, I'm sure, uh, that you see on the uh, independents in the New England area and beyond right now. It's a great introduction to professional wrestling. It's also a great a great opportunity and great time if you're somebody who has no desire to be in the professional wrestling business, but you've always wondered and said, hey, I, I would just think it would be cool to do that uh, one time. This is exactly what that is for as well. So whether you're looking to launch a pro wrestling career or just looking to say, hey, I, I love professional wrestling and I wanted to be in a ring one time and, and feel what it was like to be a pro wrestler. Um, this is exactly the opportunity you've been waiting for. It's a great a great chance to... Uh, and it's just fun, too. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, lot, a lot of fun. It's a full day. Um, so, yeah, get out there. Get out there and, and hit this camp up and you won't regret it, I promise you. No matter what you're looking to get out of it, no regrets. Anyone in the New England area, I mean, it's really worth the drive to come to North Andover, Massachusetts, and you should email neprowrestling at hotmail.com if you need more information or if you just want to straight up reserve your spot for this Saturday. Uh, they always have a lot of people there, so make sure you get in as soon as you can, neprowrestling at hotmail.com. That's this Saturday for the New England Pro Wrestling Academy One Day Fantasy Camp.
All right, folks, so you've heard us talk about it. In addition to this podcast we do each and every Monday on the New Age Insiders Network, we also do a completely different podcast exclusively for BDA Radio on Thursdays. It's all new, original content, tackling a new topic every week, voted on by you guys at the WPAN on Twitter. Plus, we respond to your feedback in Merv Griffin time. We do the Heal Laugh Hall of Fame and so much more. The easiest way to find everything we're doing just search WPAN on your favorite podcast app. It's that simple. The NAI Network will come up, and our wrestling podcast about nothing feed will come up, where you can get exclusive BDA bonus episodes as well as the first 38 episodes of this fine podcast. So subscribe and get a whole lot of nothing. And of course, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash the WPAN, Twitter at the WPAN. And something I haven't been plugging enough is our Instagram account, which is also at the WPAN. All right, Brian, here we go. It is time for the big event. Let's get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing's first ever debate. Now, for months, a war of words has been raging between the hosts of two popular pro wrestling podcasts. Which brand of wrestling is superior, the WWF or the NWA? The territories or Titan Sports? Or in its simplest terms, the North or the South? The Civil War is long over, but the Uncivil War is just about to begin. Now, we've got two professional wrestlers here, one current, one former, each from different walks of life, and each representing their home turf and their favorite flavor of professional wrestling. First, he's New Hampshire, born and raised, and also raised on Vince McMahon's sports entertainment. He is the wrestling podcast about nothing's own, Kingpin Brian Malonis. Welcome. Thank you. You forgot to mention one of Ring of Honor's top prospects, my man. I did forget to mention that. I'm introducing you again, even though I introduced you at the beginning of the show, but that's all right. And his opponent for this debate was brought up on Mid-South Wrestling out of Louisiana and looks back fondly on the days of regional wrestling on his podcast, Booking the Territory. Please welcome the menace, Mike Mills. Oh, boy. Here we go. Time to have some fun. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm just <laughs> I'm ready to kick Maloney's in the shins and beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm gonna, there's, there's nothing else to say. This has been a long time coming. Just a bit. It's been a little bit time coming, yeah. I mean, I hear Malonis every week. You know, he takes his little pot shots. He's He's got a little sly comment here or there. You know, he likes to talk about the Rockers and how great they were. And, you know, he'll <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll mention all this other bullshit about how, how great the North was and yada, 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 and yada, yada. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. I can't tell you how many times I puked listening to the wrestling <laughs> podcast about nothing. For, for the record, it was Michael Crockett who loved the Rockers. I was more of a demolition man, so... <laughs> Demolition, another fucking knockoff. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's do this thing. Um, you know, the South is better than the North. It's all that is to it. All right, we'll find out. We'll find out. We will open the uncivil war with opening statements, guys. Uh, what do you hope to prove here today? And we will start with our guest, Mr. Mike Mills. The floor is yours. Well, I just want to say one thing. I find it very, you know, fitting, I guess, or maybe even. 
just a little odd. I have to walk into the lion's den with two northerners for one. <laughs> Let's just I just want to get that on record right now. It's two on one, even though one is a ref who gets blown up at the count of two. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Shout out to you, Brian Fury, for that mention, and thank you for that uh, bit of a uh, bit of propaganda I could throw out there. So I think it's fitting that I have to walk into the lion's den against the two northerners, you know, as a southerner here, and and state my case. But I mean, it's pretty goddamn obvious that the South was was great and. We're talking about wrestling, not Confederate South. Everybody out there, I got some hate mail about that. Oh, what are you saying? We need to bring back the rebel flag, man. No, we're not getting political. <laughs> this is wrestling. So, no, you know, I want to prove my point that the NWA was great and, you know, Vince McMahon fell ass backwards into Stone Cold Steve Austin and the rest is history. All right. Well, Mr. Brian Malonis, your opening statement in this uncivil war, North versus South. Well, I just want to say, you notice Mike Mills started off right right from the beginning with the excuses on why he's going to lose. Just Uh-oh. like just like Mid-South Wrestling lost. Just like the NWA lost. Just like Crockett Promotions lost. And just like WCW lost. I will prove what's already been proven over and over and over and over and over again today. The North rules the professional wrestling world more vomit (laughs) (laughs) wow all right well strong opening statements from both the gentlemen and let's go into our questions i will give you each some pointed questions uh back and forth and after i direct the questions to one of you the other one has a chance for a rebuttal so i will start with the wrestling podcast about nothing zone brian malonis brian Your opponent has said that tag team wrestling was something that the South did markedly better than the North ever did. And with the majority of teams honored in the WWE's own Hall of Fame being teams that made their names in territories outside the WWF, including the Freebirds last year and the Rock and Roll Express this year, will you once and for all concede that when it comes to tag team wrestling, the WWE is second place? I will never concede anything, Michael Crockett. First of all, let's start with your comment about the WWE Hall of Fame. First off, the WWE tends to put WrestleMania uh, in, in warmer destination sort of spots like Florida or Louisiana. Uh, so their Hall of Fame inductions sometimes have a southern flavor to them to appeal to the local crowd. So let's let's get that out of the way right now. Uh, but Wrong. No- Come on. Nobody. Who who in this world, I don't care if it's the uh, I, I don't care if it's the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express. Jesus, if they think of anything else but an express down there. But come on. The Heart Foundation, they're playing second fiddle to nobody. Huh? Demolition, they're playing second fiddle to nobody. Jesus. The Rockers. Christ. Even even the Beverly Brothers, the Rougeau brothers, the Orient Express, the Hardy Boys later on. All of these guys play second fiddle to nobody. Uh, the Norse tag team division from the from the 80s all the way through today, uh, with the New Day breaking records left and right, the North defines tag team wrestling. Wow. Okay. Now, Mr. Mills, your rebuttal. Well, I mean, first off, he's full of bullshit. The, I can't even believe he fixed his lips to talk about the Rockers and the the uh, what was that knockoff tag team that was the the Road Warrior knockoff demolition. I, look, Vince stole everything from the South. One of them being he brought in demolition. They were Road Warrior knockoffs, and it's nothing against the guys that were demolition. They were knockoffs. The Rockers. Oh my God, could you rip another? 
freaking gimmick off more than ripping them off the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, Jesus Christ. Except then, when they were great wrestlers. Then, then, yeah, I lost my fucking smile. He sure was great. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me started on that. Um, yeah, I'm going to get some heat for that one. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, but, no, and then, like, think about Tully and Arn, the Brain Busters. Oh, yeah. Oh, I am forgot. They were northern wrestlers. Oh, the Steiners. Oh, yeah, they were from wait, the north, Wait, you too. just called them oh, the Brain wait. Busters. You called them the Brain Busters. Oh, well, of course, because that's how your constituents up there know them. I got to call them by what they know, or else they're going to go, dur, 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 what the heck are you talking about? So, yeah, no, screw you. That's bull crap. The APA, Ron Simmons and JBL, oh, those guys are Southerners. I hate to break the news to you. Even the, I, I just, I get, it frustrates me to no end talking to Northerners about, you know, Vince McMahon has y'all sipping on that Kool-Aid so strong that you are blind. It's like a poison that he puts in that damn freaking WWF Kool-Aid. Come on, man, tag team wrestling, you can't. You should be ashamed of yourself to think about tag team wrestling being better in the North than it was in the South. Shameful. Just disgraceful. Shame, shame. Jesus. <laughs> Next you're going to okay, tell me Mike. you were hiding emails about how great they were. Okay, Mike. Mr. Mills, let's go to question number two. On your podcast, Book of the Territory, which you can find on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, MikeMills.Podbean.com. You talk a lot about the days of the territories before Vince McMahon expanded nationally. Now, your opponent has noted that McMahon's WWF won out in the end, effectively closing down the regional promotions in the South and elsewhere, so that proves that the North is superior. How do you respond to that? It doesn't prove that the North was superior. It just proves that, you know, he he decided to go buy up TV spots and and make his mark throughout other areas, in turn shutting the territories down eventually. It did take some time, but, you know, it ended up happening where the territories were shut down. And you know what kills me about Malonis? He's going to take McMahon's side on this, but what he needs to realize is if McMahon wouldn't have done this, he'd probably be working in a successful territory today somewhere and making and making good money as a professional wrestler. But, no, he's blinded. He's blinded by McMahon. He's blinded by the WWF. He's going to sit there and go, no, 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 that's not it. You know, he took over and he did it all. That's what McMahon wants you to think. The bottom line is he, he cable television was going to destroy the territories anyway. I mean, it, it, you can't stop that. That was going to happen. But he helped facilitate that closure of it all. And wasn't wrestling much greater from a territorial system when you could – turn on, at least in my area, I could turn on world-class championship wrestling, and then that was on a Sunday, and on a Saturday, I could watch Mid-South, and then as I got older, I realized, damn, there was an AWA, and then it was a Florida, and it was a Georgia, and you had all this variety, and it wasn't this homogenated bullshit that we see every single Monday night, no shade on the Monday night talent, because those guys are very, and girls are very, very talented. My point is, it was a lot more variety, it wasn't the same old stuff every single week that we get now. Go ahead, Malonis. All right, Mr. Kingpin, your rebuttal. Well, I, I just, I just want to point out that you can dur, enjoy, dur, you, dur, dur. you can enjoy all of this on Vince McMahon's creation, the WWE Network. You can Not true. watch this. Not true. Not all true. Of this Alternative fact. When you would like, uh, uh, because Vince McMahon decided to take over and take wrestling national. But I just want to point out, even in the territory days, you can go back and read biography after biography after biography of wrestlers uh, who performed in the territory days. And uh, to a man, each and every one of them all talked about when they got to, not Spartansburg, 
not Charlotte, not Atlanta, not New Orleans, but when they got to New York. New York was the number one territory in the territory days. It was a foregone conclusion before Vince McMahon even knew he wanted to take it national that the North was going to win because even in those days, New York was the place to be. Bruno San Martino, Andre the Giant, later on Hulk Hogan, the North. New York City was where it all happened, and it's where the talent from around the world wanted to be. New York City. You know why I sit here and, and spew out facts? Brian Malone is here. He spews out alternative facts. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> okay. All right, Brian. Uh, we'll we'll go to you for news. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back to you for question number three, Brian. Uh, last week. On the BDA bonus podcast last Thursday, you can find that in the wrestling podcast about nothing feed. You're, you're a son of a you, bitch. <laughs> you said that Dusty Rhodes' introduction to the WWF was the worst of all such introductions in the history of the promotion, based mostly on how he was portrayed after years of being a championship caliber athlete in the NWA. Now, Brian, how can you sing the praises of the WWF when they mishandled an obvious star so badly? Oh, he twisted. He got your <laughs> he ass. That's okay. Well, my, my only defense of this is, hey, Babe Ruth didn't hit a home run every single time he got up to the plate, man. Like, sometimes you do swing and miss. But here's the thing about Dusty Rhodes. One, this was the tail end of his career, his in-ring career, uh, when he was with the WWF. And still to this day, for as badly as, as they handled his entrance into, uh, into the WWF, and for all the great matches that he did have uh, in the Southern Territories... Uh, first of all, th- th- did Dusty Rhodes not start in Boston? I just want to ask. Is that right? It, am I am I stating Dusty Rhodes' history correctly? He started in the Here North. He goes with the alternative facts. <laughs> but but the things that still live iconic today, for as badly as uh, his entry into the WWF was handled, when when people who know Dusty Rhodes want wanted to honor him when he passed away, they wore the polka dots. That's right, the polka dots he made famous in the WWF, and also his music in the WWF is iconic. So, even in a situation where maybe they didn't hit a home run, they still hit at least a pretty solid double, uh, because two of the lasting images and memories of Dusty Rhodes are the polka dots and, and the common man music from his run in WWF. You're stuck on stupid. He's stuck on stupid right now. Okay, so not even four days ago he buried it, and now he's talking about how great it is. I mean, that's just like a goddamn politician if I've ever heard one. But (laughs) uh, it's just going back on your words. I mean, come on, man. Look. Here's the thing. I don't think it was a rib. Um, I listened to the Bruce Pritchard show. I think think Bruce – I think I think I think I think Bruce is you know I got to take Bruce for his word and I mean he puts out a quality show each and every week so yeah I don't think it was a rib there's no way that was a rib I think that's you know that was Vin- I mean look what Vince did Vince would put colorful crap on everybody he made a white man from Africa I mean he turned a freaking one man gang into African into an African dream Akeem so if he can do that too freaking the one-man gang why can't he put dusty in polka dots that's just what he did i mean one-man gang said it vince mcmahon told him hey uh you know one-man gang is not colorful enough for the wwf so i mean i look at the same thing with dusty it's like man he he just made dusty more colorful so to say with the polka dots and stuff and that's a credit to dusty because he was so over 
in the NWA and they've been able to get anything over. It wasn't a rib, but he still got it over. Now, as far as Dusty in the NWA, I, look, they treated him right down there. He, he, you know, world champion a few times. This is not even a discussion. Why are we even talking about Dusty in the NWA versus the WWF? When your own person here, Crockett, Brian mm-hmm. Malonis, said four days ago, oh, yeah, that was terrible, that what they did him. Now I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why we're talking about it, because Crockett's trying to stack the deck against me. That's why. Uh, now the excuses Refer- are coming out on your side, Brian. <laughs> Referees don't stack decks against you. We're both heels here, so does. it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right down the middle, guys. Right down the middle. All right. On to the next question for you, Mike Mills. Now, in the 80s, the pro wrestling magazine's hottest debate was always, who is the better world champion, Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair? Now, Hulk Hogan was, and for some people probably still is, the face of professional wrestling. He made huge money for the WWF for a very long time. It's no debate that Flair is the better wrestler, but can you make a case that Flair was a better representative of his territory than Hogan? No doubt he was. I mean, Flair, you know, seven days a week, twice on Sunday, defended that belt everywhere against everyone. Another thing Flair didn't have a problem doing is Flair, Flair didn't have a problem putting people over on, like, you know, what you gonna do, brother? Because you know he has missed a creative control, as we've come to find out over the years. Look, I'm not, I can't knock Hogan. Obviously, he put money in, in Vince's pocket and his own pockets all alone. But to to compare these two, whether it's wrestling ability or draw, I, I just can't do it. And then here's the thing about Hogan and Flair that that always will get me, always will get me. Why in the flying fuck? When the WWF finally got Flair, we didn't get a Flair and Hogan matchup on a major pay-per-view. Explain that to me. They screwed that up so bad, and it makes no sense to me. None. But you want me to say, oh, WWF, yeah, they know what they're doing. We had to wait till a few years after, once they were both kind of past it all and past their prime. We finally got it in WCW, but... By that point, it was messed up because of what the w, how the WWF mishandled it. And it did good business in WCW, right? I mean, it. <laughs> that's a whole other topic. The mismanagement of WCW. If you listen to Tony Cervani these days and what he's got to say about that, it, that's a whole other issue. I'm not saying it did bad business, but my point is WCW had issues. And that's more of the, the fact of why we're sitting here and there's only one quote-unquote big promotion now. No disrespect to ROH, TNA, because uh, I'm big fans of definitely ROH and TNA. But um, the, the the mismanagement, if you listen to Tony Schiavone these days and some of the people that were in the office then, uh, yeah, it, it was uh, not a good time uh, as we got early 90s for sure, but definitely later 90s and early 2000s. But uh, it did good business. But my point is, WWF had a chance at it first, and they blew that shit. All right, Mr. Malonis, Hogan versus Flair. There, there, is, there, there, there is no debate when it comes to Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. This is the number one Hulkamaniac speaking. (laughs) Once again, no no disrespect to to these wonderful cities in the South, but while Ric Flair uh, was maybe selling out uh, Spartansburg and Charlotte and Atlanta, Hulk Hogan was selling out New York and Boston and Philadelphia and all over the world. Hulk Hogan is the number one draw in the history of professional wrestling. He took professional wrestling uh, from a dark and seedy place to a national spotlight. Hulk Hogan did that, not Ric Flair. Hulk Hogan was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, not Ric Flair. 
and to show you the power of the North. To this day, when people even think of Ric Flair, they associate him with WWE. That that's that's bullcrap. That is a fact, my <laughs> that man. That is not a fact. That is people, a fact. Define that people. run, that run to his to his retirement, uh, probably was the run that Ric Flair probably made the most money in his career. That WrestleMania payoff was probably the biggest payoff uh, Ric Flair ever had in his career. And to this day, when people think of Ric Flair, the, I guarantee you they say uh, the, the, the the test here isn't the hardcore wrestling fan. The test is the casual people who kind of watch wrestling or kind of know about wrestling and they're going to associate rick flair with wwe slash wwf hulk hogan uh, probably drew more money in a year than rick flair would draw in five uh, i think flair was afraid to come to the north uh, because he knew he would be overshadowed uh, by the number one professional wrestler uh, in the history of this business hulk hogan if you were alive for this, this is like watching uh, Babe Ruth in his prime, Michael Jordan in his prime, uh, Wayne Gretzky in his prime. I'm going to leave out football. We're not going to discuss football on this podcast. But <laughs> watching Hulk Hogan uh, was like it was watching the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Oh, boy. Once again, he spews out alternative facts and stuff he's made up in his head. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a shit show. Uh, proceed, Crockett. I think you guys have both made some strong points. This is uh, this is going well. All right, All right here we go. Now I'm in the Lions Den. We got the Northerners. <laughs> we got the Northerners ganging up on me. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. You both you both made good points. All right, question five is for Mr. Brian Malonis. This now, ought to be good. My last question regarding Dusty Rhodes and the adjustments made to his character once he came to the WWF. A lot has been made over the years about the cartoonish, outlandish, and sometimes offensive gimmicks that wrestlers have been asked to portray up north, such as Repo Man, Isaac Yankum DDS, and yes, Saba Simba. You often say that the object of promoting wrestling is to make money. Surely they didn't think they could make money from these characters. Does a promotion that knowingly invests in these silly, unmarketable gimmicks, can it really be the best promotion? Well, I mean, let's, let's just talk for a second here because I think... I think they both had their fair share of uh, of garbage like this. I mean, before they went on to be main event level stars in WWF, uh, let's talk about Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. What, what were they in, in WCW but a couple of silly gimmicks? Oz and uh, 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 was it Vin, uh, uh, Vinny Vegas was another uh, Kevin Nash character. Uh, the Diamond Stud. Uh, let's talk about the Yeti. How about the Yeti? Uh, the, are these here, I'm look, I am looking at a list here, but are these profitable? Are these profitable gimmicks? I think they both had their share of of, of garbage uh, gimmicks. But again, these guys were the uh, accoutrement, so to speak. They weren't the main event level guys. None of these characters were meant to be main event level guys. They were meant to be the undercard, the entertainment, the uh, something for everybody. Uh, type of things, and and Dusty, you brought up Dusty Rhodes again, but Dusty Rhodes wasn't a gimmick. They brought him in with vignettes, but he they didn't make him perform, you know, be some sort of gimmick that he wasn't. Uh, and, and admitted there were some terrible gimmicks in in the World Wrestling Federation uh, in the early '90s, but there were just as many uh, uh, in WCW slash the NWA uh, during.
during this time period as well. I think it was more of a reflection of the era of professional wrestling and the era of entertainment uh, in, in, in the world at this time, uh, more so than, than just the wrestling business itself. Uh, I think this one, uh, if, if you want, I'll even give a nod to the South here. This one's a draw to me when it comes to bad gimmicks. So wait, you're giving it a nod, but you're saying it's a draw? Uh, that's a win for the South, man. Oh, no. All right, Mike Mills, bad gimmicks. Go. Repo Man, Bastion Booger, the ringmaster. Yes, the ringmaster. They took a guy who is the greatest talker ever in professional wrestling from the South and took the mic out of his hand and told him that he couldn't talk and they would Ted DiBiase would do the talking for him. Kerwin White, Max Moon, Duke Drozzi, Papa Shango, a, a, a Hall of Famer as the hey, Godfather. Don't, don't, you, don't, you, don't you speak bad about Papa Shango. That's where I, I draw the line, man. That's where I, I draw the line. I don't have nothing against Papa Shango. I, I, don't have <laughs> nothing against, I don't have nothing against him. I, it's just that gimmick. Mantor, Isaac Yankum, T.L. Hopper, the goon, <laughs> the boogeyman, the gobbly fucking gooper. What the shit is this? This is what you call pro wrestling? That's like a freaking bad costume party. Well, I mean, you can't even tell, oh, I'll give a nod to the South. Yeah, no. You need to be looking at that going, God damn, I feel ashamed to see this crap was on actually a product <laughs> that I ever thought of as being great. And and more people saw these guys than probably saw Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat, my man. Politics, dude. I don't. He's uh, he's a politician, Crockett. I mean, he's just uh, talking. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't even care. He doesn't base anything in facts. He bases it in Malonis isms in his head. Wrong. Jesus. Uh, all right. Okay. He's gonna make me go to church tomorrow. <laughs> all right. The next question, the final question that I have here, is for Mr. Mike Mills of Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. All right, Mike. Though many stars emerged through the Monday Night Wars on both sides, Stone Cold Steve Austin's star probably shined the brightest. Your opponent has contended that through contributions of talent like this and through superior storytelling, WCW faltered and failed, leading to a wrestling monopoly with the WWE. What do you have to say to this? Well, a couple things. One... I will go back to Malonis' good friend and yours, Brian Fury, when he mentions that <laughs> the Attitude Era is overrated. He's right. Brian Fury is also a well-documented contrarian who always goes against <laughs> the grain. So, oh, no. You don't have a leg to stand on there. So now you're taking shots at Fury when he's, when he's not here to defend it's himself. It's not a shot. It's a fact. And anybody who knows Brian Fury knows this and will back me up. Well, you know what? He's been on my show a few times, and I've never had an issue with him, unlike you. Now, how's that sound? <laughs> but So anyway, I will take uh, – Fury's right. I mean, it was overrated. Don't get me wrong. You had a mega star with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it carried things through, and yes, they won the war, so to say. But I want to remind you, it was WCW that first said to themselves, hey – we're going to put on good matches and not this jobber stuff every single week where you know who's going to win. We're going to put on quality matches each and every Monday live. We're going to we're going to do it live and we're going to make a mark that way. Now, the problem is, yeah, it did set a it did set an example that's kind of hard to live up to over the years. I mean, here we are 20 years later. You can't really it's it's hard to do every single Monday, but they find a way to do it. 
but but it, but it will hurt the ratings eventually because because you're giving away a lot of times you're giving away pay-per-view matches for free. But it was WCW that took that idea and made it into something in which the WWF at the time then had to respond to. So when you're talking about the Monday Night Wars, I want you to keep that in perspective. All right, Brian Malonis, the Monday Night Wars. What can be said that hasn't been said about the Monday Night Wars? WCW did have a very successful stretch in their company's history, beating WWE was 86 straight weeks. Is that is that the is that the the mark? Uh, Something but, there. Here comes I, here comes the butt. Here comes the butt. <laughs> but, but I just want to point out that the most successful storyline in the history of that company was pretending that a group of invaders from the north were coming in and taking over, literally turning their southern fan base on their southern favorites. People loved the NWO, and the entire premise of the NWO was that they came from this bigger, better promotion up north to come and make WCW better and take it over. They even went and said, "You was it Scott Hall? You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Insinuating that he is there as an agent of the World Wrestling Federation. That's right. Even Eric Bischoff and WCW knew that we're going to sell a hell of a lot more pay-per-views and t-shirts and merchandise pretending that we have a bunch of wrestlers who are affiliated with the WWF. And why did they sign these guys, Mike Mills? Because they were huge megastars made in the North, made in New York City. Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Ted DiBiase. All of these guys came from the North and came in to pop the ratings for WCW because they were established stars that people knew. And they knew that that the fans in the North would want to still see their beloved stars of yesteryear. Roddy Piper, the list goes on and on and on. Again, just to show you how, how dominant WWF has been and how dominant the North has been during the Monday Night Wars, the most successful storyline in the company's history was telling you that WCW was inferior to the North. You realize half the people you just named are from the South? But we're, we're you, talking you about where it, right? these guys made their names, Mike Bell, not where you were born. No, no, it just goes to show you that, no, 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 not, not. Don't even get me started. Hogan ain't <laughs> even from the North. And he didn't make his name. He didn't make his name in the WWF. Let's get that shit straight. Yeah, Vince just pillaged him, took him away from the <laughs> AWA, like he did all that other great AWA talent. Because that's because got Ventura, to go to New got York because that's where the money was, that's where the fame was, that's where you mm. became a mega star so basically in New York City. Ted DiBiase, don't get me started where he was from. Don't even get me started while you want to talk about pe- how great come on, Ted Mike, DiBiase Do people was. remember Ted DiBiase from his run in Mid-South Wrestling, or do they remember the Million Dollar Man? Which was... It's stupid, but whatever. I mean, um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, you're gonna believe what you don't want to believe anyway. Nah, you know what, Malonis? Name me one person besides Dwayne the Rock Johnson that Vince McMahon made was like his creation. John Cena. Name me one. Kurt Angle. Just name two. And not okay. You're in the modern era. <laughs> Prior to 2001, 
When of course he made names after two thousand one, he owned every fucking thing. He had to make names <laughs> at that point. Andre, the, point. Andre the Giant was I, most associated with the New York. Oh was my he not, God. Was Andre the this Giant not associated here. with the New York territory? Bruno the, San Martino. No, Bruno wasn't. San Martino rarely ventured outside of the New York territory. Okay. All right. So so again, everybody. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the man who made him the most money. He he was Vince knew what he wanted to do with him from the get go. That's why he made him the ringmaster and took the mic from his hand. <laughs> I want. I want to hear this. I want to hear. Go ahead. Respond. The well, Bushwhackers. The, 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 he took the, the a savage the, the WCW tag team. didn't know what to do with Stone Cold Steve Austin either. They let him walk. They fired management. him because he was hurt, and they never pushed him beyond mid card status. They put him in a tag team with Brian Pillman, which turned out to be great. But they had didn't have big plans for those guys. They just threw him in a hey, tag hey, team because they didn't know what else to do with them. You'll never get me to you. You. I will never sit there and tell you that WCW, once the corporate suits took over, knew what they were doing. Because there is one thing that we will both agree on, hopefully, and it's that corporate suits and professional wrestling is not a match made in heaven and should not exist. And that's why the WWE these days doesn't draw the way it used to on Monday nights. Let's get that straight now. So you had the w, WCW had that problem. They were constantly battling corporate America. And I'm sorry, y'all, but you all know the shit that goes on in wrestling locker rooms. Wrestling is not made for corporate America. It ain't made for it. I don't care which way you try to slice it. Shareholders and professional wrestling are not a match made in heaven no matter what the WWE wants to tell you. I don't care. So we can thank bad management as far as the corporation goes on some of the things we saw with WCW. We can't sit there and say it was that, oh, they didn't have good wrestlers and it was bad wrestling and all of a sudden the North is so much better because they, quote-unquote, won the war. They won the war, then why are they ruining wrestling to this day? It's all subjective, Mike Mills. It's okay. all subjective. Okay. okay, okay. I have been very lenient in this uh, debate, much like I was lenient uh, in the Brian Fury's final match. Well, to be fair, and, uh, you've probably been completely uncomfortable because there's two grown men uh, 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 putting some bass in their voice with one another. So I'm sure you've been cowering <laughs> under your desk there, Mike Crockett. No, I've been enjoying this. It's been, it's, been, uh, it's been fantastic. All right, well, we should probably wrap this up. Closing statements. This is your final opportunity to sway the public, to let people know why you are in the right, and you can address anything that I didn't address through my questions right here through your closing statements. And we will start with Mr. Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Well, I mean, and to be honest with you, I, I, I didn't have to even try all that hard to make much of a case because the proof is in the pudding. Uh, to the victor go the spoils, and the winners get to rewrite history as they see fit. Uh, but from the days of the territories when everybody strived to want to get to New York City because that's where big stars were made, they wanted to wrestle in Madison Square Garden uh, because that's that was the mecca of professional wrestling, even in the territory days. Through the 80s, the boom period, uh, the first boom period of professional wrestling uh, led again uh, by New York, the New York Promotion World Wrestling Federation with Hulk Hogan at the helm. Uh, through the second boom period in professional wrestling, the Attitude Era, which was uh, soundly won by the North again and put the South out of business completely, to today, the global phenomenon that is uh, world wrestling entertainment, uh, all started uh, in the North, in New York City, uh, you know, hum humble beginnings in, in, uh, in New York City to uh, a worldwide icon iconic brand today. <sighs> 
Oh, boy. Uh, I, again, I didn't have to work very hard. To be fair, Mike Mills had to work a hell of a lot harder to try to prove his case in Southern Wrestling being better than Northern Wrestling. Again, the winners get to rewrite history as they see fit. And to this day, the North will continue to write the history of professional wrestling because guess what? We won just like the kingpin Brian Malonis won today. All right, Mike Mills, you get the final say. Well, he's right about that because in any war, when the winner does write the history, just look at look at American history and <laughs> the bookers write the history books. I mean, there's no other way to say it. So he is right in that respect. But I kind of fell asleep during that because it was just a bunch of yada, 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 same old crap. Look, I will never sit there and say that WCW, the South, was managed correctly once corporations took over it, it became it became an issue i mean you you can't like i said corporate america is not made for professional wrestling i know the wwe um you know is a publicly traded company now but there's a reason for many many years um wrestling was not publicly traded and i, I will stick by that forever uh it's uh it's sad because because malonis he, he he's by the fact that he doesn't want to credit the South for its accomplishments in professional wrestling, it, he, he's missing out on some great history and some great stuff that went on in professional wrestling. And, and that, that's the sad, that's the terrible part of this debate, that he doesn't want to wake up and realize that his stars and his favorite people, and I mean, I was reminded by T-Hawk 94 this week that, you know, Malonis' favorite professional wrestler growing up, Hulk Hogan, he's not a, he's not a northerner. He, Malonis, in his mind, has, has made himself believe that Hogan is a WWF creation when he's really not. He's really not. And that's what's sad about this is the blind it, – it's like Malonis is blind whenever he thinks about the North and how great it was. It's, it wasn't great. It's still not great. No shade at the current WWE talent. Kobe Kingston, I'm a big fan. Sasha Banks, I'm a big fan. I just got to make that statement. If any WWE talents do hear this, this is not me bashing you all. It's uh, me bashing the way history is being written in professional wrestling more than anything. That's actually the crux of this argument, Crockett. That's the big thing that gets on my nerves is, is we, are, we are allowing one organization to write the history that professional wrestling is. And it's not that. It's a, it's a, it's a jaded and one view of history. It's not what the actual history of professional wrestling is. And in my eyes, the South – as far as wrestling goes, will always be greater than the North because the North did nothing but steal everything from the South. All right. That is your Uncivil War North versus South debate. It is, I mean, I'd like to say that I could call this thing one way or the other, but it is far too close to call. So I oh, want to ask. I'm riding shocked. the fence, Mike Crockett. <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing me and Malonis can, can agree on, it, we're shocked by that. We are shocked <laughs> that you can't pick a side. Uh, I mean, I'm so surprised. <laughs> well, you would accuse me of bias if I went the way of Brian Malonis, and Malonis would accuse me of being a dink if I went uh, your way, Mike Mills. I'm not so. to accuse you of being a dink. You are a dink. <laughs> All right, so what I'm going to do is we're going to do a hashtag on Twitter, hashtag Uncivil War. Use that hashtag on Twitter and give us your thoughts. Give us your winner of the great debate, the Uncivil War, North versus South. Is it the menace, Mike Mills? Is it the kingpin, Brian Malonis? Let us know on Twitter who won the Uncivil War. Uh, this has been great to hear from you guys. It's been great arguments both ways. A really fun show. And Mike Mills, before you go, I want to give you a chance to talk about all your stuff that you have going on. 
Well, we're going to make an announcement on this Thursday show. When I say this Thursday, what the heck is today's date? Uh, today, we're, This drops on the 20th, right, Crockett? Monday the 20th, yes. All right, so this Thursday show, the 23rd, I'll give you all a little heads up. We're going to make an announcement about some of the things that we're going to start doing with the show going forward. But I will tell you this to all the Southern wrestling lovers out there it's gonna it's gonna be something southern wrestling related we do the top fives every week where we do like the top five guys from the 1990s or top five talents from the 2000s or top fives from the 80s or top heels from the 80s you know the drill crockett we do all these top fives actually this week we're doing a top five top five announcers of all time uh so oh, we cool. we do top fives every single week yeah, there's going to be none of that northern shit in this, Malonis, just so you know. <laughs> Actually, I won't say that. I, that. That's not true. Jim Ross is from the north, right? Yeah, yeah, he's from the north. There you go. That's another. That's, I'm glad you brought that up. Jim Ross, he's a northern guy, right? Yeah, sure. But, um, no, seriously, we do, our, we do our weekly top fives. But we're making an announcement about uh, something that we're going to do with the show going forward related to southern wrestling. And, uh, so just, just keep that in mind. That will be on the Thursday, February the 23rd, 2016 show. If you want to know how to find the show, we're everywhere that you can get podcasts from, whether it's iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, you name it. Uh, what's that? FM Player. Everywhere you can you podcast addict. If you just search Booking the Territory, you can find the show. And, you know, I, I'm sitting here talking and arguing about the, the South versus the North, but I'm not going to sit there and say we never discuss anything Northern related. I mean, there are people that make our top fives from the North, unlike what Brian Malonis would do if he would do a top five. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> so we do we do talk some Northern stuff. I want to I do want to mention that uh, Brian Malonis, I don't know if you heard this episode of Booking the Territory, but they did uh, top five finishers. And I think Mike Mills' number one was the super kick. Yes. And it, it was the super kick by Chris Adams, not the super kick by Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Thank you, Crockett, because it's true. It, 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 don't laugh. Don't laugh. Don't fuck. Don't, yeah, when you say super kick, that's, that. what, that's, what, that's what people think about. They think about, they think about Chris. No disrespect to Chris Adams, who was a fantastic wrestler, but that's what they think about. They think about Chris Adams when you say super kick. Well, now they probably, think about, they probably think about the Young Bucks when you say super kick now. But. <laughs> Chris Adams was an intense son of a gun in the ring, and I'll just say that. He was, that dude was intense. But yeah, you, you wrestled him, right? One time, one time. Yes, one Did time. Did you lose to the super kick? <laughs> uh, yes, I lost to the super kick. But more than anything, I just remember, I won't say his name, but he told me before the match, he goes, he's going to give it to you. You better make sure you give it back. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I was young too, Malona. So you can imagine first year in a business and, and getting to mix it up with Chris Adams, who who to me at that point, you know, you got to remember, this is like 96, 97. He's a legend to me because I grew up watching that dude world class. You're like, Oh shit! So yeah, I'm kind of starstruck in there with him, and and uh, rest in peace, Chris Adams, man. He he was cool, but yeah, he he was intense. He was but, very intense. Remember when you get? But do you remember the point, Mike Mills, where you get past that shit of worrying about about if somebody's lacing into you, who they who they are, or who they were? Because I I wrestled uh, I wrestled Tatanka, and he told me he to go hard, but he was lacing into me, and then I just said the hell with that, and I just gave it right back to him. You get past that point of like, oh, I don't want to hit him too hard because he's a legend. Then they kick the shit out of you. Well, you're give it to me you're getting it right back <laughs> they, they they lay a few into you like you know what no screw this shit <laughs> this ain't happening um on my watch and and then uh and, and chris probably you know chris was a judo champion so he could have whooped my ass if he really wanted to but in not being a kid you know whatever he it still was uh you're right you get past it real quick you're like i gotta defend myself shit <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, no, so we do uh, – go back to it, Crockett. We do our top fives each and every week, and we'll be making an announcement about some southern wrestling stuff we'll be tackling soon on the show. And then 
So that's the Thursday show. And again, just search Pooking the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. You can find it. If you if you want to listen online like you're at your computer, you can just go to mikemills.podbean.com and, and go there and all of our shows are there. But, you know, we've had some of the legendary people on the show, like the one-man gang for one. You know, he talked about his Akeem days. He even talked about his ECW days. So you can go back in the archives and find that. I've had on Sam Houston from the NWA. Um, Eric Young was a guest at one point in time. Some of your your friends have been on, like Donovan Dijak. Um, who else? Uh, God, um, Brian, Brian Fury, Fury. Uh, Warbeard Hanson. Mike Crockett. <laughs> Mike Crockett was a guest Mike at one point in time. That's true. It was the first time he was ever a guest on another show. Beer City Bruiser was on a few years back. So you can go back. All the all the old shows are available in the archives. There's probably 120 episodes at this point in time, um, with about tr- uh, 25 of them at this point being Smoky Mountain Wrestling, Brian Malonis, a Southern wrestling promotion, <laughs> Jim Cornette's creation. And I got to tell you, if uh, Crockett, I'll let you kind of weigh in, because uh, I think you've listened to some of them. The Smoky Mountain shows are completely dead. Dedicated to Smoky Mountain. They drop every single Sunday night at 6 p.m. Central Time. Same place, MikeMills.Podbean.com, and just search Booking the Territory, uh, wherever you get your podcast from. But it's all Smoky Mountain, and what I like about it is it's Jim Cornette and all of his promos and stuff that probably didn't get seen by a lot of people because it was so it was such a regional promotion in the in the early and mid 90s that you'll go back and you'll be like man this is some really really good and interesting stuff and the thing about Smoky Mountain is everybody came through Smoky Mountain like and when I say everybody I mean the Undertaker even had matches in Smoky Mountain Shawn Michaels had a match in Smoky Mountain uh, Buddy Landell was there I mean Ric Flair wasn't there but Buddy Landell was there uh, the Heavenly Kane. Bodies Kane came through Smoky Mountain at some point Kevin Sullivan uh, when I say the heavenly bodies, the Vince McMahon himself not. <laughs> Actually, he was on Smoky Mountain Television at one point because uh, Cornette worked with the WWF during that point. I mean, the Rock and Roll Express fought for the Smoky Mountain Tag Team Titles on a WWF pay per view against the Heavenly Bodies. I, can't I was there. <laughs> you were there. It was in Boston. Yeah. It was in Boston. So when I when I mention all these things, it's it's interesting because they were a Southern wrestling promotion. And we're and if you're listening to this, we, we haven't even got real deep into it yet. We're only twenty five episodes in as of the as of this recording of that. And it's a it's a it's a little over a three year run, but so many things happened in Smoky Mountain. Like they at one point they worked with WCW and then later on they worked with WWF. But you had so many talents from not only the territories but WWF that actually came through there. Like a lot of people think of Dr. Tom Pritchard. Dr. Tom was a member of the Heavenly Bodies. He was also Candido's tag team in the Body Donnas. Um, you know, what was his name, uh, Crockett? You'll remember. Zip. In the Body Donnas. Zip? Uh, zip, body, yeah. Zip, zip. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Yeah, and, like, when you see him, you're like, wow, there's Dr. Tom. But, yeah, so his Sonny was in Smoky Mountain. So there you go. I mean, T.L. Hopper, you know, Vince McMahon taking a dump <laughs> on him, was was actually an outstanding heel in Smoky Mountain Wrestling as the Dirty White Boy. Br- Primetime Brian Lee. I'm sure WWF and WWE fans remember remember him when he came to the WWF. That's the fake Undertaker. The fake Undertaker. So it's like it's like a crazy journey. The Steiners. I mean – it's almost like I say it all the time, but it's almost like everyone you can think of in pro wrestling, even if you were a northern wrestling fan, came through Smoky Mountain at one point. So it's a fun little journey that we're doing, and we cover Smoky Mountain each and every week on Sunday nights. So it'll it'll be up. Um, and again, MikeMills.Podbean.com for all the shows and wherever you get your podcast from, booking the territory. Uh, we're on Twitter at BTT underscore podcast. I'm at Mike504Saints. 
And I don't know, Crockett, you've listened to a bunch of the shows. Are we um, are we kind of unique? I mean, we do a lot of cursing, obviously. You can tell from <laughs> I'm a foul mouth son of a bitch. Definitely. And you have a great rapport with your guys there, Doc Turner and Hardbody Harper. So, uh, yeah, it is a great conversation. Like you said, a little uh, profane. <laughs> but uh, I enjoy that. And, yeah, it really, it's really something that uh, our fans should listen to. I appreciate that, man. And and I send, you know, each and every week I do send listeners your way and tell them that they need to listen to the wrestling podcast about nothing. And it's funny because my listeners go at Maloney. Yeah, so you send them to harass me on Twitter. (laughs) I never said it one time. I've never said anything to say to attack you. I've made mention about your northern bias and the bullshit that you believe the north is versus the south. And out of nowhere, I'm like, Damn, I'm getting tagged in all these Twitter messages. They are going at you big time, talking about your bias. I mean, and then we got one of them. He says, <laughs> "Did y'all see that Mullen and Morton's tweet?" <laughs> Which says, one? Yeah, well, that's true. He <laughs> says that. Didn't he say something about after the North versus the South, he was going to crack open an eight ball and some beer? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so hopefully Mullen Morton is not getting high right now as he listens to this. <laughs> but anyway, but he goes at you hard. There's a few of them out there that are like, they're on Malonis like flies on dog doo-doo, and it's hilarious. <laughs> well, yes, so make sure you use the hashtag UncivilWar and leave your vote. Who won the North versus South debate? Uh, Mike Mills, as always, great to have you here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Uh, first time on the NAI Network for you, but a uh, great appearance. A great debate with the Kingpin. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I, I'm glad this is on the NAI Network. I wanted to say I'm a uh, fan of a few of the shows on the NAI Network. And the, I'll, I guess it's the flagship show that, uh, what's it, Bill and Jason and Liam do on the on the, the main feed, I should say. So I've been listening to them for a while now. And uh, they do some good stuff. They, they do a good job. I will say this, because we don't cover the current product really that much anymore. I mean, we do a little, but not, not like we used to. I always say that... Um, Jason and them, they do, they do a good job with the current product. They really do. And I got to give them give them credit. They do very good production, and they, they really do some good work. Um, why they would want to bring Malonis aboard, I have no clue. Crockett, <laughs> I understand about you, but Malonis aboard, uh, that's a whole other story. So uh, Bill Neville, Liam, Jason, uh, good job, man. Keep up the good work. Well, Mike Mills, and true, and true professional, because I am a professional. I, I, I am a true professional. I just want to thank you for coming on and doing the J-O-B, my friend. You mean you looked up at the lights? <laughs> no sh- no shame Mike Mills and coming on and getting your shoulders uh, counted to the mat my friend uh, if you say so I mean uh, I'll, I'm, ta- I'm taking home the winner's share of the purse in this one well let me say this in the famous words of Bobby Blaze former Smoky Mountain Wrestling Heavyweight Champion and someone who was also in World Class Championship Wrestling uh, or, or <laughs> World Class Championship Wrestling WCW I should say uh, pin me pay me boss <laughs> your check's in the mail sir <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks very much Mike no problem. So, yes, make sure you get your votes in. Hashtag Uncivil War, Mike Mills, or the Kingpin. And also tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter. If you have any questions you'd like me or the Kingpin to address, use the hashtag WPAN for those so we can find it easily. And we'll mention you and your tweets this Thursday on the BDA bonus episode on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing podcast But only if feed. you voted for the Kingpin in the Uncivil War. <laughs> Otherwise, suck it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Equal time, Brian. Equal time. But a way you can Screw interact that. with us. It's my podcast. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, a way you can interact with us right here on the NAI Network every week is through our voicemail line. And we have a voicemail, Brian. And uh, let's see if we can get this to work here. Hey, guys. It's Randall at RandallKeo.com on Twitter. 
a uh, Malonis Crockett. Good job with the Rujos as the heel last of the week. They were right on one thing. The Rockers can sing. Did you guys listen to the Wrestle Rock Rumble? If you didn't, go take that for a look, and then you'll realize they can't sing. Have a good one, guys. Have you ever heard the Wrestle Rock Rumble? <laughs> I sure Sorry? have. It's horrendous. <laughs> Maybe we can find that and play that. Uh... <laughs> With the Midnight Rockers, Sean and Marty. We love to wrestle. And we love to party. You don't have to work. We're not going to fumble. Because we'll be shaking through the Wrestle Rock Rumble. Ow! <laughs> The, the Rougeau brothers in the He Laugh Hall of Fame last week, uh, not last week, but the week before last. And uh, we're doing good things with the He Laugh Hall of Fame, I think, Brian. Yeah, you finally got your, you finally found your niche with the, the whole He Laugh thing. So I'm, I'm glad you're happy now. I certainly am. And thank you, Randall Keogh, for checking in via voicemail. And we want to hear from you if you're listening to this right now. Get your voicemails in. We will play them on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And, of course, if you go to Facebook.com slash the WPAN on your phone, you can click that big blue Call Now button. That's the easiest way to be connected to our voicemail line. Leave your message. We will play it right here on the NAI Network. Okay, Brian, it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Blurring the damn authority? Uh, okay. <laughs> yes, Brian. On Impact Wrestling last week, the Hardys wrestled in Tijuana, and the authority figure in the match, the referee, was actually deleted from the broadcast. Literally blurred out because no one remembered he was a Lucha Underground employee and they weren't going to stand for one of their contracted performers appearing on Pop TV. Did you hear about this? I, I did not. I'm in the dark on this. This would have been a good one for the Dirt Sheet Shuffle, Mike. It certainly would have been, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this, it's very strange to see the referee, just his upper torso and head blurred out the entire match. I wish I could go back to all my matches at UREF and do that. That's not nice. <laughs> That's not nice. Well, Brian, Lucha Underground wasn't going to stand for this, but what they will stand for, I'm sure, is what BDA Radio stands for, the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. And a special reminder... The tales of the tape are not blurred out at bdaradio.com. <laughs> Go check out the broads. <laughs> All right. It is time. I heard the fellas the... over there may have gotten in some hot water over the broads on the website. Just saying. <laughs> they, uh-oh. That's, uh, that's a little inside baseball here for the, uh, for the fine folks. All right, Brian. It is time for the promo about nothing. It was May of 1991, and we're back with more from Herb Abrams' Universal Wrestling Federation. And if you want to know all about Herb Abrams, he is no longer with us, but the tale of his final hours is something that really can't be explained, and, and just it's just 
out of this world. You have to look up Herb Abrams and find out all about this eccentric character. But he helmed this UWF in the early 90s. And we've looked at the Captain's Corner before, Brian, on a previous promo about nothing. It is Captain Lou Albano's special segment where he interviews talent. We actually looked in episode 32 at uh, Captain Lou's talk with Wet and Wild. And we'll uh, <laughs> talk a little bit more about that probably in a second. But this time on Captain's Corner, the captain, the good captain, is joined by one Boris Zukov. Let's take a listen to this week's promo about nothing. Yes, 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 wrestling fans. It's the big old fat man with the rubber bands, Captain Lou Albano, baby. Back this week with the Captain's Corner. Now, you heard about a size 8 shoe. You heard about a size 9 shoe. You heard about, well, here's a man with a size 10 head. Right? Come on in here. Come on in here, brother. Get in here. Tell us all about it, brother. This man has a size 10 head. Get a look at it. Tell us about Russia. Dobrani, you know about it, Go ahead. What's the matter with you? Like sort of, I'm very proud of my country. And who knows I'm proud about it that I have represented here. You know what's so great about being in this country? The only thing being great is that I get to take your money. What do you think about that, Mr. Albano? Huh? You got anything to say about that? That's the only thing. That's what's great about being in the Universal Wrestling Federation. It's getting in the ring with all the competitors because they're all great. All of them. But it'd be great to get in and defeat them one, two, three, and take your money. That is what's great about being in America. The only thing great about it. <laughs> All right, Brian. Uh, not to uh, humble brag, but I've directed a few promos in my day. I've produced a few uh, backstage promos. And a problem I ran into a lot was having a great premise, but no ending. You know, what's the line we can go out on? What can happen here to end this thing with a bang? <laughs> and that was maybe the best ending for a promo oh, I've ever seen. Disgusting. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. If you haven't seen the video, it just ends with Captain Lou Albano just hawking a loogie at uh, Borzukov's feet. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> just complete, ugh. Just so gross. <laughs> like, what a... I don't understand the point of this promo. Again, I guess I say that a lot with these promos, but I don't even understand what they're trying to sell with this promo. Like usually, you're trying to sell tickets or put something over, or I, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't even know what you're hoping to get out of this, other than maybe filling 30 seconds of TV time with nothingness. Might have been better off selling a 30 second commercial. <laughs> right. At least with the last one we watched, there was some sort of premise, which was they were coming up with a name for the team of Sunny Beach and the Wild Thing Steve Ray. Uh, of course, Lou Albano was supposed to come up with the name, went wild, but the wild thing blew the spot and said the name before Lou Albano had a chance. <laughs> but at least there was some sort of premise, which was uh, Albano was going to come up with a name for the team. But yeah, what was the, there's no premise here. He's just here to take American money and beat everybody. Okay, sounds great. He's going to size 10 head. You want to make sure to get that line out there. <laughs> size 10 head. <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like a seven and three quarters. I'm not. I think I'm, I get a pretty good sized melon myself. But uh, jeez, I never noticed. <laughs> size, size ten's a big one. And yeah, of course, Lou Albano basically. That's what she said. Oh, Lou Albano turns his back on Boris for most of the promo. Uh, I don't know why you. It's your show. Why would you invite the guy on and not interview him? <laughs> This is against his will, apparently. <laughs> Captain's Corner. Yeah, I guess he had just left the WWF. 
where he was a member of the Bolsheviks with Nikolai Volkov, and he was here, and that was his uh, big You're introduction. So <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, not a great uh, showing for either Borsukov or Lou Albano here. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this is a, there's a bunch of these UWF promos, and the UWF was certainly a very special group. Like I said, go look them up online uh, for the background of the UWF and for their president, Herb Abrams especially. It is uh, an insane story, but go check that out, and definitely uh, check out this promo about nothing if you want the full picture. Uh, you can find the link for the full picture in the description of this episode on the NAI Network. All right, Brian? You're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got the dates. Yes, this week, Mike. I got a big week this week, so we'll just kind of focus on that. Uh, if okay. you're listening to this before Wednesday, uh, uh-huh. come on out Wednesday night in Malden, Massachusetts for UFO Wrestling. Uh, I will be defending the UFO Heavyweight Championship against Furio Falcone. He's a soccer player. I don't know. Maybe the soccer ball is loaded. What do you think? Wow. That's uh, that's quite an uh, accusation to level. <laughs> but yeah, always a great time, UFO wrestling. Uh, I believe it's school vacation week, uh, at least in Massachusetts. So uh, bring the kiddies out Wednesday night. Uh, always some good family fun uh, entertainment there. Brian, uh, uh, UFO yeah. wrestling? Yes. Oh, you find UFO wrestling on Twitter and uh, Facebook. It's uh, it's out of this world. Oh, that's right. It sure <laughs> is, Mike. Okay, move on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> and then Friday night, I will be returning to Chaotic Wrestling in Woburn, Massachusetts. My first appearance in Woburn in, in probably at least a year, maybe 12 or 13 that's at, months. As of, the, as of the recording of this episode, you're, you are booked for Friday. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I will be. I will be there. Uh, okay. And uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really know any of the other matches on the card right now. I think the finals of the Chase for the Gold tournament. Yes. Uh, will it's be a, fa- a fatal four-way. Yes, will be taking place. I don't know quite yet what I'll be doing, um, but it'll be spectacular because that's what I am, Mike. I'm spectacular. I'm real wow. and I'm spectacular. <laughs> so <laughs> so chaotic, chaoticwrestling.com Find them on Twitter and Facebook For ticket information That's Chaotic Wrestling Friday night in Woburn And then Sunday uh, I will be returning to Beyond Wrestling At the Aurora Providence uh, Another huge Beyond Wrestling card You know the deal with Beyond Wrestling They always deliver, man uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, will be there Taking on Johnny Silver um, it's called Under Construction, and again, that's the Aurora Providence, 1 p.m. Uh, get your tickets now. I think they're pretty close to being sold out, so uh, if you're hearing this recording and they're not sold out, go get your tickets because uh, you're not going to want to miss this event. Beyond Wrestling always delivers. All right, and if you want to book the Kingpin on your upcoming event, Brian Malonis at comcast.net and you can always dm him at brian malonis on the tweeter all right guys if you're new to the nai network be sure to check out all the other great podcasts here on the feed like ddt wrestling with dc and doc the pipe bomb with McCool and company you want to keep an eye out for this week's this coming weekend's episode of the pipe bomb with McCool and company might be something special for you there rant with ant late night liam Indie Pop, which is dissecting the independent scene, and twice a month, we get the inside perspective 
with a friend of ours, friend of the podcast, one Scotty Slade. All right, guys, we are back on Thursday for the WPAN BDA bonus episode. All you got to do is search WPAN on your favorite podcatcher to find us or go to BDARadio.com. Then join us one week from now, next Monday, here on the New Age Insiders Network for episode 45 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.